If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to um, Luke chapter 2, starting with verse number 10. And some of you might know it's, it's the Christmas story. You know, it's the, we're, we're in, in, in full Christmas season right now. You know, and, and it does seem that Christmas season starts earlier and earlier. I know November the 1st was, um, I know like most of the, of the stores like Walmart, I mean, November 1st, they had their Christmas stuff on the shelves ready to go. You know, it used to be Christmas season started after Thanksgiving, but now, now it starts after Halloween for whatever reason. But we're, we're full-blown full Christmas season, you know, you know, everybody's all cheery. In fact, um, I, I saw something on Facebook yesterday, and I got to share, it's kind of, kind of funny. Um, this lady was talking about how she was um, reading a story or watching a video just about the Christmas cheer and just about, you know, being kind to your neighbor and, you know, and, you know, maybe, you know, blessing someone, like I said, pay it forward, you know, buying someone's um, Starbucks or their, or McDonald's or, or whatever, you know, and so she was actually, um, said on her way to pick up her daughter, but she had a little bit extra time, so she stopped and got some gas at a convenience store, and she decided to go in and get a, get a um, soft drink or something, and um, so she's there in line, and she turned around, the person behind her um, just had a ginger ale, and so she turned around, she goes, ma'am, all you have is a ginger ale? She goes, uh, yeah, why? She goes, well, I'm, I'm just curious, and then she goes, she told the the clerk, I'll take care of her ginger ale. She, then she said, so I can't afford to buy you a Starbucks, but I can afford to buy you a ginger ale. She goes, I can afford me to buy me a Starbucks, but, you know, you know two is, is too much, you know. But I want to get into this giving season. And, and um, she, um, she bought her ginger ale, and then she's, you know, she's real happy and excited, you know. And, and, you know, not everyone can afford Starbucks anymore. I mean, they've got up to, uh, the, the, I don't drink Starbucks all the time, but, but the drink that I used to drink used to be like $3, and now it's over $5. You know, that I can go to a convenience store and have the same drink for a lot cheaper, but then I have to get out of my car and go in. So, um, um, but, um, so she walked out to her car, you know, there's the gas pump and she looked and there was a guy that was cleaning her windshield, you know, you know, you know, doing the windshield cleaning. And so she was so excited. She goes, you know, I just love this, this time of year where, for you know, humanity just does great things for people. And so she went up and gave this guy a hug and, and thanked him for, for everything that, you know, for doing that. And, and it's just a great time of year. And then she looked and she saw her car. The guy was cleaning his own windshield. Her car was behind the guy. <laughs> so basically she gave him a hug for cleaning his own windshield. But anyway, um, you know, so, so um, kind of funny. Um, so, you know, moral of the story, if you're going to be nice to people, you know, you, you might want to make sure that they're actually doing something for you and, and not for somebody else. Um, anyway, it's, it's the Christmas season. And, you know, um, you know, it's interesting about the Christmas season because it some, seems sometimes the Christmas season is only, is the only time of year that people are nice. Only time of year that people are, are jo- joyful and cheery and, and happy and um, and so my question today, are, are you a seasonal Christian? Are you a full-time Christian? You know, we don't really serve a seasonal Jesus. Now, the great thing about it, Jesus has two seasons, Christmas and Easter. Um, you know, so, I mean, that is good. But, you know, actually, um, if you look at statistics, do you realize that more people go to church on Christmas and Easter? I mean, if they go to church only two times a year, it's usually Christmas and Easter. And they consider themselves good Christians. You know, but it does seem sometimes that we are a seasonal Christian, that, you know, that we are, or, you know, but we don't serve a seasonal Jesus. 
Do you realize that, that he wants to have, he wants us to have the attributes of Christmas all year long. You know, you know, being happy, being jolly, being, you know, loving our neighbors and being kind to one another, being full of joy. And how can we not be full of joy? Because the greater one lives on the inside of us. So I'm going to um, read here from the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse number 10, says this. says, then, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born um, to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with, angelic, uh, and, and with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, toward men. So, um, you know, think about this. First of all, think about being a shepherd here in the field and, and all of a sudden, poof, there was an angel there. I mean, that's, that's pretty, I mean, it sounds pretty awesome, but it's pretty scary. That's why the first thing out of any angel's mouth is usually do not be afraid. All right. Because I'm here to tell you if, if you're, if you're at home tonight, getting ready to go to bed and and, you know, turn the TV off, it's all dark, and all of a sudden, poof, there's an angel there. <laughs> then you might try to figure, is that really an angel? Is that, you know, what, what is that? Am I, am I seeing a vision? You know, and that's, he will probably say, do not be afraid. All right, so, so that's, if, if you ever get asked any trivia question, what's the first thing an angel says? Do not be afraid. Um, anyway, and um, now the Old Testament tells us this, that the angel, his name is Lo. Lo, an angel of the Lord, the Bible says. Um, anyway. But he says this, he says, I bring you um, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now you realize that whenever he was pronouncing the birth of Jesus Christ, he was talking about that joy will be everlasting to all people from this day forward. He wasn't just talking about one day in a manger, there'll be joy. He wasn't just talking about while you're having your Christmas season, there's going to be joy. He was saying that from this day forward, there'll be good tidings of great joy. Not just ordinary joy, but great joy. You know, the joy that the world didn't give, give you. A joy that, that no man can take away from you. And, um, you know, if you actually look at history and, and you look at, at, the, at the Jewish people, you know, they have been praying for the Messiah to come. You know, and this was a joyous time where Jesus w w was coming. Now, now, we come in as an afterthought, you know, after all has happened. But, I mean, think about this. Good tidings of great joy to all men, and that's, that's from this day forward. You know, and so sometimes, it, you know, we don't wake up in the morning thinking about good tidings for great joy, especially if it happens to be, you know, um, you know February the 28th or something like that. Or this year, February 29th, there's actually a leap year. So, um, or coming up next year. But I mean, you, we know, but we should have good tidings of great joy every day. We should be excited every day. Why? Because Jesus came. Yes. Not just on Christmas. Jesus, he might have came on Christmas, but he's still here. And this to not upset some of you, he actually probably didn't even come on Christmas. <laughs> All right, that's just a day we celebrate it because if you look, if you look at, at people who, who've looked at history or whatever, it says it probably was not actually December 25th, but you know what? doesn't really matter. It's the day that we choose to celebrate. You can celebrate your birthday any day you want to. I've been trying to talk my stepdaughter into changing her birthday for, for many, many years because I'm tired of listening to her gripe. 
Because for whatever reason, she was born. Well, not, I know why, because, you know, the poor planning. But anyway, she was born um, on December the 23rd, two days before Christmas. So every year she feels she gets ripped off and she doesn't get as many presents as everybody else does. Because, you know, see, my birthday is July the 22nd. And so it's almost like six months, you know, from Christmas to my birthday. So it was always like a good time. So I told her one year, I said, why don't we just start celebrating your birthday in June or July? But she's never really, you know, I said, you know, you know, we just won't give you any presents this year for your birthday. And then in June, we'll give you presents. We'll celebrate your half birthday or whatever. But for whatever reason, she's never wanted to do that. I've always tried to, you know, you know, we can sing happy half first day to you. And my half birthday is actually January 22nd, by the way. So it's coming up pretty soon. And I've always encouraged people to give me half birthday presents. You know, if, you know, last year, if you give me $50 because my 50th birthday, you can give me $25 next year for, I mean, for the half birthday. Anyway, just kind of joking there. All right, but you know, um, now think about this. Once an angel appeared, you know, talking about good times of great joy and talks about, you know, Jesus being born, then all of a sudden, poof, there's a, a heavenly host of angels. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's got to be pretty, I don't know if, the, if it's scary, exciting or whatever to see one angel, but then think about a whole bunch of them. <laughs> you know, and what they said this here was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace Goodwill toward men. Now, I was thinking, what is goodwill toward men? That's, that's loving each other. That's being nice to each, each other. That's being kind to one another. All right, so, so there's, there's three things that, that I noticed here that happened when, on the day of Jesus' birth. Um, and it was, says, we should have great joy, and we should have peace, and goodwill toward men, or, or love. Those are three things that, um, that the angels are talking about. And I believe that... What the angels were saying is those three things should be everlasting in every Christian's, you know, life all the time. Yeah. Not just seasonally, because we don't serve a seasonal Jesus. Yeah. Do you realize that Jesus is no longer a baby? That's right. That's right. You know, and, and I know it's fun to see the nativity scene and baby Jesus and all that kind of stuff, but he's no longer baby Jesus. But some people never let Jesus grow up. It's interesting, you know, he never grows up until Easter and then he dies. It's like, you know, you know, it's like we celebrate Jesus as a baby, then we celebrate Jesus as, as a 30-something-year-old man dying on a cross, you know. But there was a lot that happened, you know. It, you realize that there wasn't just like three months or four months between Jesus being a baby and, and him dying on the cross. It was like, you know, time went on there. But, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, that's what we, we do. But I want to encourage you this year and every year, you know, Keep your season going after the Christmas season. You know, and I said, okay, I'll do it till January 1st. No, you know, keep it going throughout the new year and through every day of your life. Keep having joy, peace, goodwill toward men. I mean, you know, it should be a common occurrence. In fact, we're going to look at a number of scriptures that, that even talks about um, these things. Um, I got to, anyway, um, got to find my mess. Okay. John 16, verse 33, John 16, verse 33, Jesus talking to his disciples, he says these things. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me, you may have peace. Um, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, I'm here to tell you that there are going to be some days that in the world that we live in, and, and I don't mean, you know, just in the whole world you know, because there's always things that are going on in the world, but sometimes your own little world, 
there won't be peace. All right, but then you have to overlook what's going on around about you and say, you know what, I'm going to choose to be peaceful. I'm, I'm going to choose to let the peace come out. And, you know, sometimes it's a big choice. Sometimes it's a hard choice, especially when someone's like, you know, trying to share their opinion of you to, your, to you. You know, and, and sometimes it's just better to um, walk away, to stay peaceful. Yes. You know, it, it is interesting um, because, you know, I, I know I've done this. I'm sure we've all done it. We've, um, you know, we've walked into a room where two people were having an argument and you can feel that there's no peace there. It's just, now, it's pretty wild that, that even, you know, when you walked in, you didn't know that they were having an argument until maybe later on someone told you, but you could feel that there was something wrong in the atmosphere. But you know what? You should always have peace. And it's not the peace on the outside, it's the peace on the inside. In fact, you know, if Jesus Christ does dwell on the inside of you, do you realize that wherever you go, you're bringing the love, joy, and peace because you're bringing Jesus. You have peace on the inside. And that's why, you know, remember Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift. And, and so sometimes it's not going to really seem like that there's love, joy, and peace. You're, you're going to have to stir that thing up. You're, you're going to have to be the peacemaker. You know, and there are many times whenever you have an opportunity to argue or just to have peace. You know, and I found out, um, you know, when you have an argument with somebody, usually nobody wins. Do you realize, and, and I mean, that's what's happening in, in our society today. You know, you have the Democrats, you have the Republicans, they, 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 you know, it doesn't matter how many trials or how many this, how many, everyone believes what they believe before they even started. So why even have all this stuff? It doesn't matter. I mean, you're either going to believe this or believe that. I mean, I mean, you know, debate doesn't really change many people's minds. In fact, um, my grandfather says as a young minister, that he liked to debate anybody about the Bible. I mean, he, he was known to, to, he would just love to debate. In fact, people, he was a pastor of a church, people would come by his church just to debate him. But after a while, he said, you know, um, he was praying about this situation. He says, you know what? Um, the, you know, it says every time I had a debate that they would leave believing the same thing. I would, I would leave believing the same thing. So no one changed anybody's mind, but I wasted a lot of time debating people. So all of a sudden, one day he, he decided, because I'm not going to debate anybody. I mean, you, know, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and concentrate and teach on what I believe instead of debating you. You know, and so, I mean, nothing wrong. I understand some of you, maybe you, you were great at your debate team. Great for you. I mean, I'm, not, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it comes to the word of God, I found out it's pretty hard to debate people. Because people, when it comes to life in general, we, we kind of have our opinions. And most of us are hard-headed and we can't change our opinions. You know, it's just, you know, especially the older you get, the less likely you're going to change someone's opinion. You know, in fact, um, um, it's the stat something like 90% of all people who get saved um, do so before the age of 18. And the biggest reason is because after people become adults, it's really hard. It's harder to, to change someone's opinion. In fact, um, um, there was a... Um, a young man, um, and he was, um, you know, he spent his life mainly working with, um, um, with kids and teenagers. And they asked him, he said, well, don't you want to go into adult ministry? He goes, no, you know, I enjoy working with Play-Doh better than rocks. <laughs> but, because as, as you work with younger people, you, you have more ability 
to help them shape their, their minds. But after they get old enough, I mean, you know, a lot of times people are, 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 are rocks. I mean, they don't. Now, we do see sometimes when people get saved at a young age and then they, they fall away for a short time, but, the, you know, they come back. Because, you know, they remember the, the, you know, the message that they heard as a, as a young child, you know, and, and, it, and it's pretty, pretty interesting. Amen. All right, let's look at a few more scriptures um, um, on this. Um, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. This is actually whenever um, um, Jesus, we're going to start with verse 19. Um, Jesus appeared um, to his disciples after he, he died on the cross and then he, then, then, you know, he rose again. And then he came back, and it says, and this is pretty, pretty wild, too, if this happened to me or you. Um, it says, then the same day at, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled together for fear of the Jews. So here they were. They were shut in because, see, there was a rumor going around that the, that the disciples actually stole Jesus' body. And so there were people that, that wanted to kill him. So, so they're, they're in, a, in a room shut in, and all of a sudden, it says this, says Jesus came and stood in the midst. I mean, so here they are, all of a sudden, they're all here, and then Jesus just, he didn't walk through the door, he just appeared. Once again, that'd be, that sounds like it'd really be cool, but I think it'd be pretty freaky. I mean, you know, for a minute, you're like, you know, I mean, you know, wonder at him, what's he doing here? Anyway, it says, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. I think it's interesting. The first thing he said was peace. Now, remember, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And, and the first time we hear about peace is whenever he, he was born that day in Jerusalem. Or Bethlehem, sorry, not Jerusalem. I don't know my, my geography. When he's born that day, it says that peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. So Jesus came back and he said, peace be to you. Now, one of the reasons he was telling them to have peace is because they weren't having peace at that point in time. They were afraid. And so what I'm here to tell you is that every day of the year, not just on a seasonal holiday, but every day of the year, you can have peace even whenever it seems like you don't have peace. You have to remember, and you know, sometimes even though you don't see Jesus, but you need to remember on the inside, peace be to you. Just have peace. Just choose to have peace. He goes on to say, when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when he saw the Lord. And when, they, when, they were, when disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. So you know what? The first thing he said was have peace. The last thing he said to them was have peace. Now, whenever you repeat yourself, you know, that you really mean it. Now, Jesus is still t- saying, have peace. And he's not just saying, have peace when you celebrate Christmas. You know, we should have peace every day. Yeah. Now, um, going down, verse 24, now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them. as one of the disciples, Thomas. And when um, Jesus came, the other disciples um, therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. That's why we get the word doubting Thomas. Because Thomas said, I'm not going to believe until I see, the, see the, the things. So basically, you know, I understand if, you know, how they can, Thomas maybe thinking one person's lying, you know, but 
you understand there were 12 disciples. Judas killed himself, so that made 11. Thomas wasn't there, so 10 people were in that room. All right, now I can understand if one person said that, but 10 guys said, you know, we saw Jesus, and, and these are 10 of his best friends. All right, and Thomas says, I don't believe, which seems pretty stupid, all right? You know, I understand that, you know, it's, it's hard to understand that, that it'll happen, but we understand this is the guy that fed the 5,000 with, with a couple of fish and some pieces, I mean, some, some loaves of bread. I mean, he's the guy who walked on the water. I mean, he's the guy that changed the water into wine. He, I mean, he did all these things, so why wouldn't you believe? I mean, I'm sure Thomas had already heard that, that the tomb, tomb was empty. You know, I don't understand why you wouldn't believe, but maybe, he, you know, maybe he wanted to make sure that he, for, for the rest of the life that, that, you know, that he had the Doubting Thomas moniker there that people could talk about. Anyway, verse 26 says, after eight days, his, his disciples were once again, um, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the middle, in the midst. So here he was, once again, just came in and didn't come in the door, but just appeared again. And what was the first thing he said? Peace, peace to you. Amen. Now I want to point out that peace is not just for Christmas. Peace was not just the day, you know, for the day that Jesus came, but See, the day Jesus came, Jesus came to bring peace, and he's still coming to bring peace every day of, the, of, of your life. And sometimes you're going to have to say to yourself, peace to you, because it doesn't seem very peaceful. Sometimes you get bad news, and, and you're going to have to decide, you know what, I'm going to choose to have peace. You know, and I found out it, it's, it's really um, easier to have peace than it is, you know, not having peace. Um, and, um, you know, if you don't have peace, you're not going to have joy. Because, you know, when you don't have peace, you, you know, you're, you're not really happy and you're not going to have joy. And you're probably not going to show forth love, you know, to your fellow man. No. Because you're probably in a bad mood. And so I think all three, all these three things actually all go together. Um, going on, looking at, at, a, at a couple of other verses. Um, John, um, um, let's see, uh, John sixteen twenty two um, says this. John 16, 22 says, therefore, you, um, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. Now you realize rejoicing is, if you have, you have to have joy the first time before you can rejoy. Rejoicing is having joy again. All right. But it says you will rejoice and your joy, no one will take from you. And in that day, you ask me nothing. Most surely I say to you, whatever you ask my father um, in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So you know what? Jesus says that we should have joy. We should rejoy and that we should be full of joy. Now, he didn't say that's only for the Christmas season. You know, you know, I understand during Christmas season, you know, we sing joy to the world. Do you realize that means joy to the world forever? Yeah. Not joy to the world for 30 days or 60 days or however long you sing Christmas carols. <laughs> because, you know, it does seem sometimes we sing Christmas carols and, you know, we, we sing all these things and we put them up till the next year. And, and I get it. I mean, you don't have to sing joy to the world in, in July. You don't have to actually sing the song. But you can live the live the song, yeah. you know. And and I think actually, if more more of us would actually live the worship songs that we sing, we'd be more happy. Because right. I've seen people, you know, you know, sing these worship songs, praise worship. Sometimes get so excited that they're running around, shouting, dancing, whatever. And then they come the next day for counseling. 
man, I just, been, I just, I'm like, you were the one shouting and, and running around and being all excited yesterday. What happened? That, well, I went home. <laughs> you know, it seems sometimes, and I don't know, I mean, they're like, okay, maybe they get different when they're in a church building and all of a sudden they go home and, you know, but, you know, maybe they don't feel the devil is there to attack them. But you know what? The devil is there all the time to try to attack you. You're going to have to ignore the devil. In fact, the Bible says to resist him, he'll flee from you. You know, we're going to have to, you know, the devil's going to be there and he's going to try to keep you from having joy, having peace, you know, having love. I mean, he's, he's going to try to do those kind of things because that's what he does. And, and we, we know, I talk about more than anybody else, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I've come that you might have an abundant, joyful life. You know, and, and so, but you're going to have to choose that you need to be full of joy because that's what Jesus wants you to be is full of joy. And why can you have joy? Because he came again. Because we accept him as our Lord and, our Lord and Savior. And do you realize that everywhere you go, Jesus goes also? Amen. In fact, the Bible actually says this, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you realize you're never in a place where you're all by yourself. You're, you're always with him or he's always with you. Now, sometimes we don't, we forget that he's with us. You know, but, you know, and I, I t- talked a few months ago about having the we mentality. Every time you go, it's always we. Amen. It's you and him. And I always, I always want to put him first because he's more important than you. Because yes. without him, you're nothing. Come on. Without him, you're not going to do all things. Without him, there, you know, there's nothing going to happen. And, and so, but you have to realize that, that you're never without him. As long as you're a born-again Christian, he's always with you. At all points in time. And so you know what? I don't know why you wouldn't be full of joy. I don't know why you wouldn't be happy. You know, um, and I guess, you know, I, I joke, but I'm, I'm actually really, really serious. That I, I did this one day in my car, and after that, I just think, I don't have to do it. I just, I just laugh about it, and I just think about it. But one day I was having a day where I wasn't really happy. I don't know why I was just having a pity party with myself. And normally I do that in my own car so no one else can hear me have the pity party of myself because, you know, I just, because if I do that around my wife, she yells at me and she, everyone, it's just no, no fun. So, I mean, I remember, I'm, I, I know exactly where I was when I was doing this, you know, um, and um, I was just kind of complaining and griping and, and all of a sudden it, it hit me, the little song we sing in children's church, if you're happy, you know it, clap your hands. And I just started clapping my hands. Now, when I did, I, I, got, my, I got myself tickled and I started laughing. <laughs> And I instantly became happy because I was clapping my hands and I thought, how stupid. Probably people next to me are probably thinking, why is this guy over here going, you know, not even clapping on the beat. I mean, you know, just clapping his hands or whatever. And so I've always thought, you know what? If you're not joyful, you're not happy, just start clapping your hands and stomping your feet. People think that you're, you know, you're having a tirade. No, I'm just getting happy. Um, and if you think about it, it's going to make you laugh and you'll probably get happy and you'll quit thinking about what you were thinking about because you know what? Um, you know, that's what the devil, he, he wants us not to be happy. He wants us not to be full of joy. But it's his will that we be full of joy. And it says what it said, I say to you, whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I mean, how tough is that? I mean, whatever you need, God's going to give it to you. It says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, you receive, that your joy may be full. Why is, but, you know, it's not just about getting stuff while your joy is full. Your joy is full because you have an opportunity to ask. What, if you're going through issues, ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Ask what you will, it shall be done. And, you know, if you're not full of joy, then ask the Lord for more joy. All right? 
because <coughs> he came that you might have joy. John 15, 9 um, says this. John 15, 9 says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. I've spoken to you, you know, so, so what has he spoken? He says, you know what? Keep my commandments. Yes. Keep my commandments. And he goes on to say, um, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. These, com- these things I command you that you love one another. If you love one another, your joy is going to be full. All right. It's hard to be joyful if you're mean to people. You know, that's why, you know, we talk about good tidings of great joy, but, but you know, we, we, we talk about loving one another. Brotherly love. Just being nice. And, you know, and that's what the lady was talking about, too, whenever, you know, we talk about, you know, see, you know just paying for somebody's food or, or, or whatever. You know, just, just being kind to one another. You know, and it, you don't even have to do that. Just be nice. I mean, you know, sometimes just saying hi to people. I mean, I know that there's been some times where someone looks like they're not really happy or whatever, that, that I'll make it a point just to say hi to them. I mean, I might not know them or whatever, but I'm in some store. You can tell they're kind of, some of they're having a bad day, and I'll just say hi. You know, what are they going to do? You know what they normally do? They say hi back. Amen. You know, and, um, you know, sometimes people just don't think that people care about each other. But we should love one another. And if we love one another, we're going to have joy. And, you know, as I begin to read about love, joy, and peace, I mean, these things all go together. And it seems that, that when you don't have one, if you, if you are missing one, you're probably missing all three. Yeah. Be, because and I found out, that in, and right here, this verse tells us that if you keep my command, commandments, and his commandment was, was love. And if you keep my commands, and it said, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. You know, it's always good to have a full tank. You know, you know I, I know it always feels good to have a full tank, you know, when you know that well, I can drive a week or I can drive a, however many days before I have to fill up again, especially in, in times when, when gas prices seem to be going up a little bit. You know, it's, I say, well, I just filled up yesterday. I mean, it always kind of almost feels good whenever you fill up and gas prices go up the next day. Like, I have a full tank, you know, you know, and so um, it always feels good. But you know what? It feels even better to have a full tank of joy. Yeah. I mean, a full tank of joy, because if you have a full tank of joy, you know, things don't seem to bother you as much as they used to bother you. You know, and um, I know it just, it just seems that, um, um, I don't know, I, was, I got a hold of this actually a couple months ago. I was, I was actually meditating on on Thanksgiving, love, joy, peace. This is the holiday stuff. I mean, you know, and I got a hold of it, and I've been more excited this holiday season, you know, just because I've choose to be more excited. Even yesterday, I kind of had an opportunity not to have joy, but, but I decided to have joy anyway, um, you know, because um, you know, I, I got close to the mall, and there was some major traffic, and it was kind of irritating for a moment. But you know what? Um, I actually started thinking about, well, you know, thank God the economy is actually doing better and, and people are, are, are able to actually go out and, you know, and, and buy things for, for you know, you know, and, and so, so it's actually not a bad thing that, that it's really crowded around the mall. It's probably a good thing and hopefully people aren't overspending. But, you know, 
you know, and, and who cares? You know what? You know, I'm going to not get it all upset. In fact, you know, the thing about it, I wasn't on a time crunch anyway, so it didn't matter what time I really got home. I didn't have anything going on. I was just kind of bored, you know, in, in, anyway. Um, but I did choose not to go to the mall because it looked pretty crowded. I didn't want to go, so I decided just to, because I was going to go to the mall, decided to bypass the mall and just go home and look online. Um, I do more shopping online, but sometimes my kids won't tell me what they want, so I kind of just like walk around and mose around and maybe find something they might, they might want. Um, so, but you know, it didn't really matter. I mean, who cares? You know, like I said, I, it wasn't like that I had something I had to get to. I mean, I, there is some frustrating times whenever you're trying to get to some place, and usually, you know, I'm, because I'm kind of someone that likes to time everything out, and you know, it's going to take me, I know from my house to, to, to um, to, to Rainbow over there in Broken Arrow, it takes 20 minutes. And so I know I have to leave 20 minutes if I want to make it there in 20 minutes. But sometimes someone decides to drive slow or this or that or anything else, it takes me longer than 20 minutes. And that's when it gets frustrating. But you know what? Um, it doesn't really matter. All right. Um, Mark chapter 12, verse 29 um, says this, talking about the commandments. So Jesus answered him, saying, The first of all the commandments is Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is um, the, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I mean, so, you know, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, it doesn't say love our neighbor whenever they're nice to us. You know, and I get it. You know, in times like this, like I said, when there's a lot of traffic, sometimes people are honking and getting all upset and, and, and whatever. Um, you know, just let it go. It's not, not that, you know, it doesn't matter that much anyway. You know, it's, it's, we should still love people no matter what. And um, we have to choose to love people. Now, I know that's not a really big thing. Sometimes it's hard because some of your, some of your neighbors or some of your family, or, you know, they'll say things or they'll do things that are not really, you know, they don't really make you happy. But you know what? I, I found out that, um, that it doesn't really matter. In, in fact, um, I was watching a, a, um, a television show the other day, and a, and, and a guy who, who was a father um, that really wasn't the kind of father he should have been to his son. And um, you know, now the father's on his deathbed, and he asked the son to, to come and, and see him. And, and the son didn't want to go at first because he said, well, he hadn't even really been a father to me, but, but, but he finally reluctantly went, you know, and, and the father apologized, you know, and, and I started thinking, you know, you know, sometimes, I mean, people let things um, go on between, you know, one another because of words that have been said and things that have been done and, you know, and we miss a relationship that we could have, you know, because there was hatred, hatred. Hertred, I don't know the real word. Hertred, hatred. I mean, you know, you know, sometimes we say things that are hurtful or do things that are hurtful. And, you know, and even family members do things that are hurtful. And sometimes, you know, we cut relationships with our friends, with our families because of, of something being, being said. And, and a lot of times, you know, that both people are sorry for it, but a lot of times no one wants to say anything because, you know, we just, you know, the world we live in, no one wants to apologize for nothing. And, and so, but, you know, it's, it's just really sad because, this son and this father could have got together before, you know, before like two days before the guy died, you know, but they didn't because nobody wanted to break their pride or, or whatever, you know, and I, I guess as, as I get older, I'm thinking, you know what, 
it's more important to be with your family or be with you know, your people that you should care about, you know, and, and yeah, may, maybe some things were said, maybe some things were done, but, but who cares, you know, just put things behind. And that's, isn't that the Christian thing to do anyway? Yeah. Isn't that the Christ-like thing? I mean, you know, Christ is the one who was hanging on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing here. You know, and sometimes maybe you're going to have to say, well, Father, just forgive them. Or maybe you have to say, Father, help me forgive them. Because sometimes well, it's our own mind. We can't get over some things because they said this or they said that or they did this or they did that. You know what? You know, they probably are sorry about it. But even if they're not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, I mean, we should love people regardless. You know, and, and when, when the, the Lord says it's our neighbors, it's more than our neighbor. All right. You know, it, it's just people in general. Um, and. You know, if you want to know more about that, you can look at the prodigal son story. Um, not prodigal son story. You can look at the, um, the Good Samaritan story. Um, and that's your neighbor. All right. Going on. Um, um, James 1, 2. This is not Jesus talking, but this is James. I, I really like this because James 1, 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Um, you know, and my grandfather always says that you're going to have an opportunity to have joy or not to have joy. When things happen, Amen. looking at the New Living Translation says it this way. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When I read that, I'm like, that's not what my grandfather would always say. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, see, you know, when, when, when trials and troubles come your way, it could be opportunity not to have joy. It could be opportunity to gripe and complain and, and get all upset and, you know, what. But, but if we're going to have the joy remain in us, we're going to have to choose to be joyful whenever it doesn't seem very joyful. And you know, the, the great thing about it is, is the reason we can be joyful is because we know what to do to combat, you know, that trouble. We know that we have the greater one on the inside of, of us. And, and we know that we can, we can cast all our cares upon him for he cares for us. We, we know when we're going through a situation that these things are only temporal. We know what to do. So, it's, you know, it's easy to have joy whenever, you know, you know what, I can, I can give this this situation to God. God will take care of my situation. You know, and, and um, you know, I, I know my grandfather used to always talk about whenever things happen, he would say, well, it's just an, another opportunity to, to show how good God is and how much he cares about it, how much he loves us. You know, and, and instead of getting mad about it, he, he would just get happy. You know, you know, I get it. I mean, there's days you're going to have bad news. There's days you're, you're going to open up the mail and it seems like everything you have is a bill. Then you open up one thing at your checking account statement and that's, that's, it's not as good as your bills. <laughs> you, you, you put all your bills next to your account statement. It's like this math doesn't work. That's one of those opportunities not to have joy. Especially like this time of year, you know, you're trying to buy presents for, and don't spend, you know, it's not really about how much you spend on somebody, it's that you actually care, you know, and, and if people are so superficial that, that, that they need something that's that much, and then, you know, they just don't, um, you know, plus, like, my kids don't even know what they want anyway, so, you know, just buy them a couple of pairs of underwear and we'll call it good, I mean, you know, yeah, they won't be too happy about that, so, um, <laughs> But, but anyway, um, you, you know, a lot of times people try to overspend or, or whatever, but, but I do know this time of year, because we, we want to be a blessing to our, our family members or whatever, and sometimes it financially, you know, it puts us in a little bit of a bind 
to get all our bills paid and to have extra money to, to, you know, to, to buy presents and, and, and different things like that. You know, you know, but just be happy. Just be excited. It doesn't really matter. God, God will get you through every situation. You know, I found out that there's been times where things have been a little tight, and especially, I mean, also, I find the best deal. I find a better deal than what I was going to pay before. I mean, I mean, I just saved $100 on a TV the other day because I went to a, you know, actually, because I actually looked online, and it actually was $100 cheaper online than it was actually in the store. And so I showed them the online price, and they said, I'm the only person that's ever, you know, I mean, because it was, it was the Good Friday, I mean, not Good Friday, the Black Friday weekend, um, you know, that's Good Friday. And so they had their Black Friday sale listed there, but online their Black Friday sale was actually, um, it is a Good Friday sometimes when you save a lot, a lot of dollars. I mean, I saved, um, I bought a 75-inch TV, I'll tell you, I don't care what, normally $11.99 was the normal price, I got it for six ninety nine. 40% off. And in the store, they said, they actually said it was $7.99. Um, it was in, they, they were running one sale, it was $8.99, but the, the, the Black Friday sale was $7.99, but online it said it was $6.99. And so they said, I'm the only one all weekend long that actually pointed that out. I, and I had to go get a manager to approve, you know, um, you know, but they sold it to me, you know, $100 cheaper, you know, and, you know, so... It's 11.99 TV, and now I have a 75-inch TV, you know, in my living room, um, you know. So it's pretty awesome. Um, and the only reason I had to buy it because I had a 70-inch TV in my living room, and a couple of years old, and the the backlighting stuff was going out. And my my wife's like, you know, we had the family over trying to watch a football game, and it was really miserable looking. It looked like we have no money because you know our. So it was either fix that one or go buy another one. So, with my handy-dandy skills, I went and bought another one. Um, <laughs> then I gave the TV to somebody else that I know who can fix it. You know, it won't, I think they're going to fix it for $100, about four hours worth of work. So, that's, that's good. You, you get, so, I've got to bless somebody else with a TV. All right? It's going to cost me a little bit to fix it. But, you know, I would have actually ended up calling the person anyway <laughs> to come fix my TV. And hopefully, you know, it would have worked. But who knows? But, um, you know, sometimes we can consider an opportunity to have joy. Now, I'm going to leave us off um, looking at Philippians 4, 4 through 7, and it kind of brings everything together. I'm going to look at the New Living Translation, um, and it kind of brings love, joy, and peace all, all in a few scriptures. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. That's Philippians 4, 4. I say it again, rejoice or continue to have joy. You know, now, sometimes, you know, when we see the word rejoice, we, we don't realize that if you're not, if you don't have joy, you can't rejoy. You know, and, you know, remember that we should always have joy and we have an opportunity for a great joy on the inside anyway. It goes on to say, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming and considerate is being, being kind to one another, loving one another. You know, that's, <coughs> I mean, I don't know how people can notice we're considering all we do if they don't see, see forth, we're showing forth God's love. It goes on to this, says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So it says, you know what, after you do all these things, 
You know, sometimes, sometimes we don't put everything together. After you rejoice, after you ask God, after you thank him for everything he's done for him, you know, then after all that, well, then we can have peace. Yes. And it says not ordinary peace, but peace that passes all understanding. I mean, you know, sometimes, I mean, you know, I've, heard, I've even had people even tell me, like during especially even the death of a loved one or whatever, because I don't know why I'm just so peaceful. Well, that's called the peace that passes all understanding. You can't even understand why you're peaceful. And you're peaceful because you, you have peace because you, you know more things than other people around about you. But, you know, <clears throat> when it comes to death of a loved one, usually you know that they're in your future. You know where they're at. You know, you know it, it's not that hard. I mean, I mean, think about, you know, your whole life, if you were raised in a church like I was, I mean, your whole life you think, think about how awesome heaven is and how great it's going to be. You know, so when someone dies, it's not really a bad thing. You know, now I'm not ready to go to heaven today, but you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing. All right. But so, so, you know, it's, it's hard to be, to be um, upset when you know someone's actually, they're having a good time, especially whenever, if someone was sick before and now they're in heaven and they're not sick anymore. Yeah. And it's easy as that. But you know what? Even when all kinds of things are going away, you're going seemingly not your way. If you know you, you've actually asked the Lord to help you, then you can just say, you know what? It's not my problem anymore. It's his. That's right. And see, that's my mentality. It's not my problem. Right. I, I've given that problem to God. I'm going to continue to have joy and also, the, and, the, and, you know, and when I don't feel like having joy, I'm going to rejoy. Yes. See, that's the way I can keep peace because I'm rejoying. And while I'm rejoying, I can be nice to, each, to every person around me because, you know what, I'm happy. Praise God. So it's easy to be nice when you're happy. Uh-huh. Not always easy to be nice when you're not. I mean, you know, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm joyful. I'm excited. You know, I, I know that whatever I'm going through is only temporal and, you know, it, 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 it'll be gone in, in, an, in, in, in a twinkling of an eye. It won't be very long. I mean, it's going to be gone. The situation. And, you know, I told someone the other day, I said, you know what? If it took a year to change your situation, do you realize that 12 years after that or, or 10 years after that, you won't even remember that hardly anything about the whole year. Like that, you know, that didn't seem like it was very long. Now, a year is long, seems like a long time, but, but you realize it like three days ago, we were standing here getting ready to start the new year again, and now here we are a few more days, you know, it's going to be the new year again. I mean, think about this. I know it's, you know, I don't care how old you are, you realize that coming up January 1st, that, that means 2000 would be 20 years, 20 years. <laughs> Excuse me. Twenty years since Y two K. Remember all the Y two K mess. Twenty years. Okay. <laughs> Somebody the other day says, you know, it seems you know twenty years since the year two thousand. And what's so interesting about it? Twenty years ago it was nineteen eighty. <laughs> I mean, that's what it almost seems like sometimes. You know, it's just you know as you get older, it seems like twenty years like goes by like that. I mean, you know, you know, I look at my kids and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm really getting old. I mean, that's the only way I can really you know gauge how old I'm getting is to see my kids or. To, or, you know, see other people's kids. It's interesting, you know, especially around the holiday season, you know, people's kids showing up. Like, I remember when they were like babies and now they're like grown up and married and things like that. I'm like, I'm getting old. You know, it's like, um, you know, I guess, you know, when you start having grandkids, it means you're getting old. Um, but, but, you know, it's always a good thing. You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, you know, actually, you know, I'm not getting old. I'm just getting wiser and more mature. So, um, um, and so... But, but, you know, the great thing is for me, it seems that the older I get, 
The more happy I get, the more joyful I get, the more, you know, you know, because it doesn't take a lot to make me joyful and happy. And, you know, sometimes when I was younger, it was all about having, getting this stuff or that stuff. Now, man, I just want to hang out with my kids. I don't really care what we have, you know, as long, as long as we're hanging out together. I mean, that's just cool. You know, I want to hang out with my family, you know, as my, um, especially as my parents get older. I mean, I think, you know, you know, you look at some, one of my friends lost their dad. He was only 79. That's a year younger than my dad. I mean, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you know, I, I want to spend time with, with, with my parents, you know, and they're still here, you know, and I mean, I guess, you know, things change as you get older. I mean, you, you just really, you know, but, but, you know, the thing about it is you can think, change things when you're younger. If you decide that you're, you're going to live the lifestyle that we need to live, the lifestyle that, that the angels told the shepherds whenever Jesus was born, that we should have love, joy, and peace. Not, not just today, but every day. Not just Christmas season, because we don't serve a seasonal Jesus, and we shouldn't be a seasonal Christian. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each and every person that's here tonight. And Father God, help us to, to not just be excited and happy and joyful and during this holiday season, but, but help us to be, to be full of joy, full of happiness, full of love and compassion and mercy every day of our life. And, you know, just, just be, be happy because the greater one's on the inside of us. And, you know, that Jesus that was born that day in Bethlehem is no longer just a baby, but he resides, the spirit of the living God resides on the inside of us. And wherever we go, you go also. And Father God, help us to understand that each and every day we can be joyful, we can be happy, um, we, we, we can have peace, we can love one another because of Jesus Christ, the real reason for the season. You know, help us understand we don't have to have someone to tell us the reason for the season because we should have that reason all year long. To not be a seasonal Christian or, or have a seasonal Jesus, but to be the same all year. And Father God, we thank you if anyone is here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they won't leave this place without making him Lord and Savior of their life. Because you know what? They can't be full of joy. They can't be happy. They can't be excited. They can't be full of love if they don't know Jesus. And if you're not, you say, Craig, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him as my Lord and Savior. I want to tonight. Lift your hand. We want to pray with you. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, Craig, I, I knew Jesus at one time, but I want to come back home. I want to rededicate my life to God. If that's you, lift your hand. I think everyone here is, is saved, but I want to give an opportunity. Don't want to ever pass up an opportunity to, to have somebody accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you if anyone is here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for sending laborers across their path on a daily basis. And we thank you that in advance that they shall be saved. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.